Welcome to The Bucket Problem, episode 35. I am your host, Ace Ambender. Joining me today is Dan, a.k.a. Thick Stauskas. We are presented by Homefield Apparel and PointsBet, and we're a proud member of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We are recording this uh, at 5.35 p.m. Eastern on Monday, February 21st. I know time because like 10 minutes ago, uh, ESPN's Adam Rittenberg reported that the Big Ten will be levying their or announcing their punishment regarding the uh, fracas. Do we want to go with fracas after the uh, Michigan-Wisconsin game? Uh, so we're uh, we're going to be doing this a little bit on the fly, um, but uh, the true, well, we'll get into it later. We're doing this a bit on the fly. Dan, how are you doing today, aside from, you know, all that stuff? Uh, I'm having a really good time. Um, as you can, as you can, you know, imagine the discourse uh, has just been really good. Everyone's, um, everyone's being normal about this. Um, and yeah, no, I think that, that overall, like just everyone on all sides is being really even, even headed and, um, and normal about everything and uh, not making it weird. Um, now uh, I'm, I'm fine. I was just like really generally, um, saddened i don't know like i i I don't want to make this like too serious um because you know no one was hurt and we're going to talk about it more later but um it was just like a huge bummer um and really kind of like disappointing and embarrassing honestly was how i felt um and uh yeah i i'll get into i'll I'll talk about it a little bit more in my big mood but um not a great couple days (laughs) ultimately yeah i will echo that feeling of just being kind of sad and disappointed after that game. Um, even while the uh, women's basketball team was uh, beating Maryland to take first place in the big 10, it was pretty hard to shake off <laughs> what had just yeah. happened. And it was unfortunate that those two things very much overlapped. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was, I didn't get to enjoy that at all. I had actually uh, already changed the channel to uh, get ready Same. for the women's game. And uh, <laughs> then Twitter exploded and I had yep. to go back and be like, yeah. what, what in the world just happened? And uh, yeah, people, that wasn't people what started, I was expecting. People started like texting me like, damn, like what, like not, not like saying what happened. And I was like, wow, did something crazy happen at like the beginning of this women's basketball game? Um, and no, it was uh, very much not that. Um, yeah, no, it was the, the entire women's game would have been a lot more fun to watch women's game if, if that hadn't just happened. Yes, um, which leads to my big mood of the week. Uh, I am begging the women's basketball program to continue being fun and scandal free because we desperately, desperately need this right now. As just Michigan fans, uh, the athletic department could certainly use the break because, uh, yeah, um, whether it's football or uh, men's basketball or the extremely good hockey team, uh, boy, it's 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 tough to watch Michigan sports without simultaneously uh, thinking about um, various scandals right now. <laughs> That's or just various like like not really on on field uh, issues. Um, we can go with that. So uh, yeah, uh, women's basketball program delightful i i would really like them to continue that um even if their big 10 title push comes up short uh because ohio state has an easier schedule um and plays one more game uh uh, yeah um we we need something fun here because a lot of this podcast is going to be very not fun and then we're going to talk about women's hoops at the end uh dan what's what's your big mood this week um my big mood is uh I really wish that Michigan sports could be normal uh, for a couple of weeks. Um, We have not, it just feels like there's been so much drama. Um, And I don't, I don't want to just like lump everything into like drama because obviously a lot more of this is like, a lot of this is more serious than other stuff, but it just feels like I have not been able to like enjoy, um, I've not been able to enjoy Michigan sports without like having to be like, you know, I don't want to make myself the 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 uh, the victim here, but like having to think about like the re- the the morality of like watching Michigan sports, um, and it kind of sucks. And um, I I really just wish that we could have like you know one season that is like not marred by like something like you know 
deeply bizarre and like uh, uh, upsetting happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate how you put that because this isn't about us, but also, you know, we're participating in this. We're we're yeah, trying look, to experience some fun things. <laughs> look, I mean, I think I, we've 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 established like I am the protagonist of uh, <laughs> that's you true know, uh, both the, my own narrative and, and history. Yeah, and <laughs> that's that is the most important part. But no, in 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 a, in a much more real sense, like you know, I'm not. But it is it is like this is like something that you know is an escape for me and for a lot of people. And um, and by the way, this is not me talking about like. The, the Anderson stuff, like that's a lot, like a whole other thing. I'm not saying, oh, I wish I could forget about that. That is not like what I'm saying. But the I'm talking more about like the recent, you know, hockey team and the uh, and the bass and what's going on with the basketball team, obviously. And, and you know, and the Harbaugh stuff is just all of this stuff that is making uh, making it no fun to be a Michigan fan over the past couple of months. Yeah. You know, we were really riding high after that Ohio state win just in the Iowa uh, big 10 title game and just being able to, you know, have a lot of fun online (laughs) and uh, man, we uh, we paid for that one. Um, (laughs) We're going to uh, in an attempt to kill time before this, uh, this big 10 in all likelihood suspension news breaks. Um, we're going to talk about the Iowa and Wisconsin games themselves before uh, diving into our extensive thoughts on Juwan Howard uh, throwing a punch or whatever you want to call it uh, at uh, Joe Krabenhoft, um, who has an extremely Wisconsin basketball assistant coach name um, because he played there. Um, and uh, yeah, we will get into all of that stuff. Uh, but first, Michigan, I mean, even after the loss to Wisconsin, uh, their win over Iowa put them in pretty good position regarding the uh, NCAA tournament after really kind of clawing their way back onto the bubble from that one and three start in the Big Ten. Um, this was a really, I mean, Musa Diabate was tremendous in this game, largely because he was finishing a lot of really great looks from Hunter Dickinson. Uh, the high-low game was really working in this one. Diabate gets 28 points, uh, 12 for 15 from the field. Uh, I mean, just you can see the, the physical potential come coming to life with him in terms of, um, you know, there were a number of easy looks here, but there were also a number of plays where he got the ball, stayed patient in the post, and exploited a mismatch, finished with touch. I mean, I'm really hoping he comes back next year. We'll get into whether he plays the rest of the season or not. It's, uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, th- th- that was a really fun game to watch from him and really displayed his potential. And we also got some nice flashes uh, from Kobe Bufkin, who scored 10 points off the bench in a game where uh, Terrence Williams did not play with uh, an ankle thing, I think. Um, Dan, what were your impressions from this game? Um, yeah, no, I think it's, it feels like a thousand years ago. Um, (laughs) but, uh, but obviously the big one, um, Musa, uh, you know, feeling like Musa and and Hunter are really playing well together. Um, you know, I also thought it was, it was notable that this felt like the first time that Michigan won a quality game against a good team, um, without shooting like crazy. Um, they, they shot pretty badly still in this game. And still, we're pretty much able to comfortably beat Iowa, um, you know, through just like the rest of their offense. Um, the offense continues to generate really great looks. Um, you know, whether or not the shooters are hitting them is, is another story, but <laughs> the looks we'll are great. Wisconsin game soon. <laughs> <laughs> I thought generally, um, I thought Musa did a good job on the other end defensively against Keegan Murray. I'm not sure how many points he had, but generally it felt like he was not like dominating the game. Yeah, that's um, that's worth mentioning because Murray ends yeah. up with 23 points, but he needs um, 23 field goal attempts and uh, uh, nine free throw attempts to get there. So not a inefficient game from somebody who is normally very efficient and somebody I, I was worried about Michigan being able to guard. But when Michigan wasn't in zone, uh, Diabate was the primary guy helping shut yeah. him down. And I mean, like, I felt that, um, you know, I felt that uh, they played def- – they're starting to play defense better, um, you know, just in general. Like, I think that the switching – they're kind of like a 50-50 zone man team now. 
Um, and the zone was really working for him in this game. It was honestly really working for him for them in the Wisconsin game as well. Um, you know, and uh, Iowa's a really good offensive team, and they they held them down. You know generally pretty well, which is not something you would have been able to say about literally anyone in the first half of the year. Um, it was a huge road win. Um, I feel like from a purely basketball perspective, just winning that game made like the week itself successful, like getting, we talked about, you know, they got to get one or two of these and they did that. Um, so, you know, but then obviously after, uh, you know, the, the week on the whole was definitely not successful um, <laughs> because of other things, but like, from a basketball perspective, you know, yeah. it felt this felt like a good win, felt like a step in the right direction. Um, and honestly, if it was again, if it wasn't for what had happened after the Wisconsin game, which we will obviously talk about, um, I would have been pretty uh, encouraged by the week as a whole, out of just coming off of like this game alone. So, um, yeah, I don't know if there's so much else, much else for me to say about the Iowa game. I felt that uh, I kind of would just echo a lot of things that you said. Yeah, I mean, it was another test of the zone, and it, uh, I would say, passed that test. Iowa barely crested a point per possession. Uh, they did shoot over 50% inside the arc, but four for 18 from beyond the arc. Some of that might be luck, but some of that is also, I think, Michigan doing a good job of closing out on shooters and, and making life difficult for them. Uh, also, Iowa not having um, quite the shooters that it used to uh, in recent years. So, this was uh, a really encouraging win and one that very much started to put Michigan on the right side of the bubble. Um, now we get to Wisconsin, a, a game that was just extremely, well, Michigan hangs tough for more than half the game, but it's it's just really, really hard to get a win in the Kohl Center when you shoot four for 25 on three-pointers. And uh, that is what Michigan did. So even though uh, Hunter Dickinson was pretty much unstoppable whenever he got the ball down low, um, the combination of Michigan bricking seemingly every jump shot and the Wolverines having no answer for Johnny Davis on defense really doomed them in this one. Yeah, I mean, I think that on I'll just start on defense. That's easier. Basically, Wisconsin had two kinds of possessions. They had unsuccessful possessions and possessions that went through Johnny Davis. Um, <laughs> I thought that Michigan did a good job defensively. Wisconsin definitely didn't shoot well either, but their their three point attempts were not of the quality of Michigan's in general. I felt like um, they held pretty much everyone down besides Johnny Davis, um, who. I thought, you know, I thought Eli Brooks did a decent job. He just did a really a lot of really tough shots. Um, he's an NBA level player, and I I don't really know what else you can say about that. You know, I mean, he's he's going to hit those shots. Um, but and ideally, Brooks day, is not the guy you have on him because that's a four inch yeah. differential. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, honestly, overall, like I'm okay with a lot of the shots he took. Like he even against a, a shorter guard, he's not going to hit. Like I don't know. It, but the, the point being, like it would have been enough for Michigan to win if they had not had, even within the context of Michigan's season as a, as a three point shooting team, this was a horrendous performance. I mean, if you cut together every three point attempt, like uh, honestly, one of the more difficult three point attempts I remember was Caleb Houston's one that he actually made. I think he only made one, um, two, two for seven, sorry, two for seven, one in meaningful time. I feel like, um, but regardless, like he, they actually made one of the more difficult ones, but they had shot after shot of catch and shoot uh, three pointers, either from the corner or from like whatever spot really they wanted them because Dickinson was so effective passing out of the post. And, um, you know, him and Diabate are really, are really starting to work well together down low. Um, but Dickinson was so effective uh, passing out of the post that there were just so many wide open looks. Um, and Michigan, and, and I would even say like most of them went to Eli and Houston, who are Michigan's, you know, best shooters ostensibly. And they just completely bricked all of them. Um, you know, it was, it and was, those were the two guys who watch. made three pointers at this game. Yeah. In Michigan, yeah. And they right. shot a combined four for 13. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, brutal. you don't have the box score up, do you? I don't know. <laughs> I uh, want to guess how many assists Hunter Dickinson finished with. Um, I, I'm going to guess one, zero, 
zero. Yeah, that's and for the criminal, the quali- like, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> it was really awful. Um, and yeah, I thought Dickinson played great. Um, it's unfortunate, like, just this year in general is unfortunate because I feel like he, he, I've said this before, but he truly has taken such a step forward. Like, if he just had j- j- decent shooting on this team surrounding him we would be talking about like a Naismith candidate because he is scoring more effectively in the post than he was last year. Um, he's, he actually is one of this team's best shooters. He's developed a, a credible outside shot that he hits with some regularity. Um, his mid range shot is also better. And he, uh, and his passing out of the post has been, I mean, I don't think I've seen any, I, I don't think I've seen anyone in the big 10 that's as good at passing out of the post, uh, as him, Tri- besides Trevion, I was just going to yeah. say besides Trevion Williams, <laughs> who I've watched a lot of. Um, your your girlfriend would murder you. If, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Trevion Williams is better, but um, like he's if we were talking about just even you know a, a middle of the road shooting team, I think we'd be talking about like a much different season for Michigan and a Naismith candidate, you know, um, performance from Hunter. It's it's really kind of a bummer. Um, so anyway, I mean, yeah, like this kind of felt like a little bit of a, of, of a repeat of the Ohio state game. Um, not even more so though, because in the Ohio state game, EJ Liddell was completely unstoppable in this game. Like I really did feel like this one was for the take there for the taken, you know, like if, if Michigan can just hit even a reasonable amount of um, wide open threes, I think they, it's a much different game and frustratingly the end of game situation probably doesn't happen, um, which makes it even worse. So it was a really brutal game to watch. Absolutely. And this is, I mean, we just talked about Diabate having his best game of his young Michigan career. Uh, this was not one of his best games against Wisconsin. Um, Mard, he only plays 18 minutes, picks up four fouls, three points, um, two turnovers, just uh, not nearly the same impact. Michigan was not able to get that high-low game going. Hunter Dickinson, zero assists. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's still a shocking number to look at. Uh, Michigan, once again, uh, the the Iowa game was kind of unusual in that Caleb Houston did not have a good offensive game, and Michigan still managed to win and have a decent offensive performance. That did not happen in this game. Uh, Michigan got uh, eight total bench points, and uh, two of those were uh, in desperation time from Jace Howard when they were just throwing anybody they could at Johnny Davis. And, I mean, Howard is only willing to play Frankie Collins for three minutes, and I can't blame him given how uh, much the offense kind of breaks down with Collins just really unable to shoot so far. And, yeah, it's, it, uh, you know, you get – the occasional contribution from Terrence Williams and and maybe Brandon Johns and maybe Kobe Bufkin, but there's there's just nothing consistent coming off the bench right now, and that's that's rough when you also don't necessarily have the most rock solid starting five in terms of everyone playing consistent uh, offensive ball. Yeah, um, the bench is just a look. Kobe Bufkin's finally starting to like contribute something, which is awesome. Um, Terrence Williams can at least usually not be an active detriment to the team when it comes off the bench. Um, Brandon Johns is, I mean, has been honestly just such a disaster this year. I, I feel bad for him. I, he seems to be trying hard out there. Um, and I kind of do hope he like, you know, I still hope he figures it out. You might get more playing time these next couple games, especially with, you know, Dibate probably going to be, be suspended. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I also, I mean, one thing I do want to say, like, and I don't know, this is one thing I will criticize Juwan from a coaching perspective about. Um, Frankie Collins needs to, I know he needs to play right now because there are no other point guards, but like he needs to be told not to shoot because it's not even close right now. It's, I mean, it's not even hitting the rim most of the time. And it, that's fine. Like, I mean, it's not fine, <laughs> well, but it's, 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 it's not really but... fine, but it's, but it's like, you got to know that about yourself and you got to just like, at like at this point, like treat him like a center. Like he's not, he, he can't be shooting like the, in a, an, a wide open three for him is like probably 0.5 points per possession, maybe. Um, so anyway, I mean, 
all that to say, like the bench is a, is a big problem. Um, it's, it's, you know, I think, I think it will get better next year, just like with a year of like seasoning for these guys. But the fact that, you know, we kind of went into the season thinking like, there's so many talented freshmen. One of them is going to be able to like, you know, break out and, uh, and be like a major contributor off the bench. And basically none of them have, and that's more of like a, you know, you kind of losing, uh, losing like a coin flip than, than I feel like a, a coaching problem, but you know, it's, it's kind of been brutal for this team, especially when you like, there's only one playable point guard, like pretty much any, anytime Devonte Jones is off the court, the, the, the offense just goes into a complete shell. Yeah. It, it makes it difficult to figure out rotations and it's, I mean, Michigan is really, really leaning hard on their two starting guards, um, or at least as much as they can. Uh, Brooks had four fouls in this game. Devontae Jones uh, finds himself in foul trouble on occasion. Uh, so it's I, – I, I don't envy uh, whoever's coaching this team <laughs> for the rest of the yeah. season in terms of how they have to handle the lineups, especially since, um, yeah, Michigan might be down a, a couple forwards. Um for uh i don't know at least a game or two probably and that i I think brings us to the the elephant um in the final minute of this game uh as some of us were moseying on over (laughs) to watch the women's game um greg guard called a timeout this uh greatly angered juan howard because this was a blowout and he thought it could have waited um I I don't want to just I'll save the opinion stuff for later. Um, Howard kind of waited to get into the handshake line. Um, eventually gets in there, starts to do sort of a blow by on on guard. Uh, guard grabs him on the arm. Howard does not take kindly to that. Uh, starts pointing and yelling at guard. Things escalate in a hurry. Um, a Wisconsin assistant coach, Joe Krabenhoft, uh, grabs Terrence Williams, who uh, is certainly in the fracas, but is just yelling because all that's really happening at this point is just yelling. And then uh, Juwan Howard throws, uh, I mean, he takes a swing at Krabenhoff. Uh, we can, you know, talk about whether it was an open hand, whatever. Can I say that, I'm, I'm sorry, like, I'm just so not interested in like litigating like slap versus punch. Um, I've seen so much of that and uh, I'll keep this like point quick. Cause there's really nothing else to it, but it just does. It would be worse, I guess if he closed Fitch punched him, but I'm just not interested in like being like, Oh, well, it was a slap. Like, come on guys. Like, what are we 12? I mean, seriously. It's, yeah. He, it's, threw, he threw a pretty hard strike at somebody's head. Right. The yeah, semantics. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, if you're a, a journalist trying to get the wording right while doing a, you know, comprehensive rundown of what happened, you know, worry about semantics a little bit. But uh, when it comes down to it, does it matter that much whether or not his his fist was fully closed or whether he started to open it up like as he threw the strike, which he did? Not really. Um, that was a, a pretty hard shot. But yeah. Um, we're still awaiting <laughs> the Big Ten's decision on punishment here, but uh, I, I think we're in agreement that. I mean, first of all, we should say that the whatever happens here with the Big Ten, they I believe are limited to a two-game suspension and a relatively small, I think, ten thousand dollar fine uh, because the conferences don't really actually have that much power over their member schools. So this will ultimately come down to. Um, Word manual and, uh, you know, Mary Sue Coleman already apologized to Wisconsin's chancellor for this. So you have to imagine university leadership will be involved um, in the ultimate decision of uh, how how much punishment above and beyond what the Big Ten hands out is appropriate uh, for Juwan Howard. So um, even as we await this news, uh, there's going to be more after this, regardless of uh, of what comes out, hopefully in the next few minutes here. Um, so we have this lead up where um, I would say at least two Wisconsin coaches definitely cross a line. Uh, Greg Gard grabbing Jawan Howard by the arm and uh, Joe Krabenhoft, um 
touching Terrence Williams, who is not his player and who is not uh, as, you know, at least as far as we know, physically threatening anybody at that time. Um, so I, I, I do want to say that I understand the impulse um, getting grabbed by somebody who should not be touching you is infuriating. And there are also, um, you know, complex sociological issues at play here. If you want to dive into that stuff, I think it's still pretty safe to say that unless there is something revealed here beyond what we know about this incident, namely somebody saying something pretty terrible on the Wisconsin side, uh, Howard reacting how he did um, was the most inappropriate thing that happened in that uh, altercation. Um, yeah. And, and look, I'm just going to say like, I, I have, I, I mean, I have a long history of being wrong on this podcast, but we saw a lot of different videos and I didn't hear anything um, uh, said that would have, you know, uh, prompted that type of response. I got to be honest. Um, and yeah, like I, look, I understand being angry. Um, here's my thing. First of all, I don't really feel like Juwan came into that handshake line already pissed off. And I understand being pissed off, especially given the way his team played. Um, but I don't understand it. Like, it seems pretty clear that the inciting original reason that Juwan was pissed off was that Greg Gard took a timeout with his like walk-ons in to try to like set something up. And I'm sorry, like you got to have thicker skin. That's ridiculous. You know, like I get being upset about that, but like to, to be upset about, first of all, Juwan was pressing the whole time down 15. Mm-hmm. The game's already over. And also like calling a late timeout, like, yeah, it's generally like a no, no, but I've seen it happen before. If you're pissed off enough about a late timeout to be coming into the handshake line, the way that Juwan was, it's like, I'm, I'm, you have to get thicker skin. It's not going to be the last time someone takes a late timeout on you, you know? Um, And then, you know, yeah, Greg, Greg guard grabbing him. I mean, I, it was, it's something that he shouldn't have done. I don't really think all that violent. I mean, from all the video I've seen. Um, oh, I don't think it was violent. I just think it was inappropriate to put his hands yeah, on. Yes, it was inappropriate for sure. But in terms of like, in terms of like the levels of escalation afterwards, um, you got at a certain point, you got to walk away and the the by far the most inappropriate thing that happens is the you know the slap slash punch slash you know whatever you want to call it that was thrown and it's like that's that's what that's what it comes down to you know like everything else is is kind of window dressing honestly like once that you know strike was thrown that everything else that happened after that point you know in the melee was kind of like, all right, like all bets are off now, you know? I mean, that's the most inappropriate thing that happened. And trying to like parse like individual actions, like, you know, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that there will be some, some discipline for some Wisconsin staffers. Um, I thought specifically, you know, the, the, the Joe, I'm not going to try to pronounce the last name, Kravenhoff, like, yeah, what he did was probably inappropriate. Aren't um, you German? <laughs> yeah, not not uh, not not uh, not not officially. Not, not practicing uh, yeah, Italian. Yeah, yeah, not a practicing. What, is, geez, what does it mean to be a practicing German? Um, uh, no, yeah, stop there. Yeah, <laughs> Italian. Uh, it, it, Italian. It's it's Italian ancestry is a lot like. Um, it's similar to like Jewish ancestry. There's like rules about it. So yeah, I'm I'm like officially Italian. Um, but anyway, no, like I, I think trying to parse anything else, like there's a lot of pushing and shoving going on in that, in that pile. And ultimately like the, the person that makes the most violent move cannot be Michigan's head coach. Um, and Juwan, you know, needs to know better. And um, I guess I'll kind of like use this to uh, segue into like the larger conversation. Um this is not the first time that Juwan Howard has like had to be restrained from like 
fighting, I don't know, or confronting, if you, even if you just want, don't want to say fight, like confronting a colleague. Um, last year at the Big Ten tournament, you know, uh, he was going after Mark Turgeon and he was, you know, uh, thrown out of that game. Um, and I'll be honest, that one you had even less uh, valid, like less of a justification. I didn't see anything. I've never even, I haven't heard anything that Turgeon said that, or seen anything that he's done, that he did that would lead me to believe that that was an appropriate response. I thought Juwan was way out of line at the time. I kind of shrugged it off because it was a one-time thing. But now we have like, you know, we've seen him, we've seen him get a technical foul a couple of times and that happens. That's normal big 10 coach stuff, but we've seen now twice like him have to be restrained from like going after an opposing coach. And like, I don't want to think this way, but like if it was any other coach, I would say, yeah, that feels like a pattern to me. And that feels like the type of guy that you're worried about, you know, like leading the program going forward. I mean, it's pretty clear that, there needs to be like a serious reckoning with what, like, do you, are you able to keep your composure in situations like that? Because yeah, like the, look, Greg guard might've done something to piss him off. Mark Turgeon might've done something to piss him off, but there's a lot of times you're going to be pissed off coaching college basketball and that another coach is going to do something that you don't like, or another player is going to do something that you don't like. And the person instigating that conflict cannot be like the head coach. Yeah, I mean it 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 surprises me a little bit because you know he, he's been around the game for so long and as a player I you know did not have a reputation for uh you know even even in the 90s when there was uh, you know a lot more uh fights between players in the NBA there was just not very much uh to Juwan Howard in terms of you know having a reputation as a fighter enforcer or anything like that. Um, Yeah. That really is kind of shocking as well. I was thinking about that as too, like there must've been times as a player that someone, you know, talk shit to him. And I don't think he was ever really known as like someone who's going to mix it up on on the court. And he spent Um, a long time on the bench as well, you know, as a, you know, a fair amount of time as an assistant coach. And there was, you know, um, obviously nothing that approached, this uh with an opposing coach so it's just it's um i mean it's a it's a reaction that you know i I don't know whether that comes from him as a player uh you know kind of having you know relating to 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 the game with those emotions instead of relating to them like as a coach um but i mean i i don't think what he's done so far warrants being fired um i do think that it warrants having little to no tolerance going forward uh, for anything like this happening again. And he's going to have to answer questions from the athletic department, from recruits, recruits, parents, and so on about not just how he handles himself, but whether um, he's in control of his emotions in the heat of the game well enough to stay on as Michigan's head coach, considering uh, he is most likely going to be on a certain level of thin ice going forward. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like I agree with you, Ace. Like I don't, first of all, I, 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 I maybe was like a little bit reactive yesterday on Twitter. So I'm, you know, if you follow me, I'm sorry. Um, I don't want you. I love Juwan Howard. I love the passion that he has for the university. He's, I think he's a really good coach. I think a lot of the things that he, uh, that, that have gone wrong with the team on the court this year are not his fault. Um, maybe even I'm willing even to defend him more on that front than others are. Um, but that's a whole different story that we can, you know, have a, have in the off season. Um, but like, I, I don't want him to be fired. And I don't think that what he has done thus far warrants a firing necessarily. Um, But at the end of the day, look, we're in year three of Juwan Howard and this has happened twice now, basically, right? Like, or something similar has happened twice. Um, And that goes along with a a couple of other like pretty fiery and varying degrees of warranted uh, technical fouls. So like if Juwan Howard's going to be coaching at Michigan for, you know, 
let's just even say like five more years, like how many more times does a situation like this happen? You know, and, and it's, it's going to have to be zero, you know, because the next time it's like, I mean, there's no, if there's anything that happens with another, with an opposing coach um, or really even with like, at this point, like one of his own players, like you're going to get a lot of criticism and you're going to, you know, the, 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 like the, the margin for error is like slim to none. And it's, it's a little bit worrying, like just on the front of, I'm now going to be like watching the game. And if I see like there, you know, any, any like escalations with refs or anything like that, I'm going to be like worried that this is going to happen again. Um, and I don't want to like have to feel that way. Like I really want him to be successful, but like, it's, it's, I, I think, I don't think I'm being unfair to say that like, this is a pattern um, at this point. Yeah. I mean, two incidents, at least I, I, I do think we should separate those incidents a little bit because one was physical and one was not. Um, and we don't know what could have potentially happened in the Maryland game last year. If things had gone differently in terms of assistant coaches grabbing him and whatever um it's yeah it i'm having a difficult time talking about the the way that things should be done going forward because i do think that juan howard being black is relevant to this discussion and i do think that there is the possibility that i mean the incident from this weekend clearly was out of line um you know we we haven't seen a coach throw hands at a at another coach um very often that and but you know the the maryland incident last year with juan howard yelling at another coach and getting ejected that's not the rarest thing in the world um and i don't know what kind of antagonism also led up to that that was a pretty heated rivalry between those two teams um last year so i you know, I want to mention these factors because, first of all, other people are bringing it. You, you, we got kind of a, a sort of out of line tweet from Seth Greenberg about uh, Juwan Howard having to leave the South Side behind. Um, yeah, which I mean, is a bad that kind of stuff way to is, put it. <laughs> yeah, look, that that kind of stuff you knew that it was going to happen from certain corners of the internet um, as soon as this happened, and it's deeply unfortunate. Um, you know, to see and like the, the factor, those factors aren't lost on me either. Um, I want to make that clear. Um, but that doesn't mean we should, you know, hold them to a lower standard. You know, I mean, I think like we haven't seen anything like this really happen, you know, like I'm, I'm going to be, you know, we, we, we rag on Izzo a lot for, you know, how he has like gets physical with his players and gets in their face. And there's been times that I've seen even, you know, non-Michigan fans say that like, that's like inappropriate and I don't disagree but we've never seen, you know, Tom Izzo or any other coach really, to my knowledge, like, you know, physically hitting another coach on, on an opposing team. Um, and that's like, you know, I think it's like obviously noteworthy. Like we, this is kind of the first time we're sort of in uncharted territory here. Um, and that's why it's like, yeah, I, I, I find it hard to talk about too. Like, I'm not, I don't think this is easy. Like I've had a lot of conflicting thoughts about it, but at the end of the day, like it is, you know, it's it, 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 the, the head coach of Michigan's basketball needs to be held to a higher standard, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's tough to parse through all this. We don't know everything that happened in there. So speaking in certainties and saying what people should have done, you know, I don't want to speculate too much. Um, and I don't think mentioning the, potential larger picture context is speculating. I think that is providing context to be clear. Um, I do think barring a, a, a revelation about what happened in that uh, encounter with guard and with Krabenhoft that uh, um, Howard probably has earned a, you know, season long suspension. Um, and I do think also that uh, Michigan aired in letting Juwan Howard take the stand at the press conference uh, without having some sort of prepared statement ready. Um, that I think is more on, on the media relations team, because of course um, Juwan Howard is still going to be pretty heated in that moment. 
and for very good reason. I mean, just got into a confrontation uh, and uh, to not be, I mean, I know it's more difficult when you're, when you're on the road and you don't have kind of everybody at their normal uh, stations, but somebody had to intervene there and go either we're not making him available for comment or we have a statement. I mean, if they had just read off, you know, the first half of Ward Manual's statement uh, that came, you know, not too long after the press conference ended, um, that at least could have saved a certain amount of grief in terms of it appearing like Howard. Um, I mean, it didn't sound like he was particularly remorseful, yeah. um, which I don't expect in the immediate aftermath of that. Um, but that's why you have a media relations team. Um, so that, yeah, that is not helping matters right now. I fully agree. And I mean, like, it's not the biggest problem. Right. Um, but he basically like, I think he said something about like being happy that his players like stood up for one another. And like, I, I understand that, like I've been on a team before as well. Like I get it, but that just really wasn't what anyone needed to be saying after that. Um, it's really just having like no apology. Yeah. Honestly, I haven't seen him. I don't know. I haven't really seen like a, a, a full throated apology since either. No. And that's, I'm sure, I'm sure we will see one, but like, if you're going to, if you're going to get in front of the, 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 the cameras after um, something like that happens, like you, I mean, I, 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 obviously it seems like he was very emotional at the time, but like you kind of have to have the wherewithal to be like, to at least apologize for your actions in some form. Cause it was pretty obviously apparent that that was not, uh, you know, it was ugly. People were not like, people were not defending him, <laughs> even on Twitter, uh, like Michigan fans in, in the direct aftermath. Um, yeah. So. And I, I don't even know if, I mean, it would obviously be better PR if Howard had immediately apologized. I don't necessarily expect that of somebody who's in that situation at that moment. Um, especially, you know, you don't want to send somebody up there who's still angry and makes a terse statement that comes off as completely ungenuine. Um, I don't think that improves matters, I, but it is very much an option to withhold comment. And that, I mean, you know, I've, I've sat in on post-game pressers where, you know, we got a <laughs> basically a 45-second blow-by from Tom Crean or something like that. You know, like I've seen some very short uh, road coach pressers and, you know, been there when the road coach decided not to make themselves available uh, after after games. Um, so it, yesterday would have been a good time, I think, to uh, exert that option. but. Uh, Michigan did not do it. Um, I, I do think we like, I'm not as worried about how this impacts the program going forward as once there's a little bit of distance from this. I, I think, I don't think this is going to have a significant impact on, say, recruiting um, as long as, especially if, I mean, it's kind of everything kind of revolves around as long as this doesn't happen again. Um, and uh, obviously there's really no way of knowing one way or the other on that one, but I expect Juwan Howard is going to be back on Michigan sideline, uh, at some point. And, uh, he remains a good coach. Uh, he remains somebody who, um, you know, outside of these two incidents, I, you know, I've been, you know, very proud to say he's the coach of Michigan basketball. I think he's normally a very, a, a great representative of the university and Michigan is, uh, in need of those. <laughs> um, and I don't think you can strip these two incidents away from uh, your perception of Juwan Howard, obviously. I also don't think you can uh, these two incidents strip away everything else that we've seen of him. And I, I think um, I think people are kind of doing a lot of, I mean, you know, Jerry Palm was saying that Juwan Howard needs to seek help. And I think that's a very irresponsible thing uh, for a CBS national college basketball reporter uh, to be saying about um, really anybody, um, but a head coach and particularly a black head coach to say that about them was awful. And we're getting a lot of stuff like that. And I, I, <laughs> 
yeah, the, the discourse about that around this just sucks. Like we yeah. we can just well, say that the discourse is very bad, and I think it's okay to acknowledge that and also acknowledge that Juwan Howard was in the wrong, given what we know right now, and yeah, that those two things can be true. <laughs> I want to be clear that like when I'm talking about Juwan Howard's like temperament, I, I you know, I'm I'm talking about that purely in the context of like what we've seen. And I don't think it's, I do not think it's unreasonable to say like he needs to, you know, control his emotions better based on what we've seen, you know, like what happened the other day and, and, you know, what happened with Mark Turgeon, which again, we don't know the full story there, but like given those two instances, you know, in the past year, I think it's fair to say like, Hey, this, this can't happen again. You need to control your emotions better. Um, the way that the discourse is like evolving around it um, and you know, the things that are being said, uh, because specifically Juwan Howard is a blackhead coach, um, is extremely, you know, disappointing, but unfortunately predictable. And I don't want to get too far into it because I don't think either of us are very like well qualified to talk about that. Um, but you know, it's like, unfortunately, like that's, I don't know, that's, there can't be anything that exists like in a vacuum or it's just like, evaluated um you know objectively like it has to become a culture war thing um and it has to become like you know a referendum on you know whatever whatever you want that that your political agenda to be um and i i think that's incredibly sad it's unfair to juan howard um and honestly kind of unfair to you know wisconsin's coaches probably too as well um to for them to be on the other end of that um so it's yeah, that the discourse has been really disappointing, um, not necessarily like surprising, um, but you know that, that that doesn't like exonerate you know Juwan Howard's actions, which I think we've said already. And at this point, we've probably exhausted the conversation. Um, and I, I agree, Ace. Like, I don't think it really impacts the proof the program um, moving forward, uh, as long as you know, big if like something like this doesn't happen again, you know. Uh, I think like eventually people will forget about it. People will forgive Juwan Howard and like, you know, this can be paved over and forgotten about. Um, And it's, it's not like anyone died. Right. I mean, like, it's not the world's most like, you know, it's like, we don't have to be like, this is not like a, like a crime against humanity. Like it's, it was, it was a a stupid, you know, punch that no one got actually got hurt. Um, And so like, it'll, it'll be forgotten about it'll, you know, like we can get over it, but like, you know, again, like as long as this doesn't become like a true long-term pattern, like I would love nothing more than for us to be talking about this 10 years down the road as like, oh, remember that weird time where like, you know, Juwan Howard, like almost fought Mark Turgeon and then like punched a Wisconsin coach. Like that was really bizarre and like a one-time thing. Um, I would love that to be the case. So, you know, I, I, here's hoping. Yeah, no, that would be, that would be nice before we move into tournament outlook and women's basketball stuff and we're still waiting on uh any news for the big 10 uh get your act together adam rettenberg um should mention that uh the two players who seem most likely to face some sort of discipline are terrence williams and musa diabate because uh both of those dudes definitely threw punches um after juan howard uh through his hand um so I wouldn't expect the punishment to be too serious because they were kind of following the lead of their head coach. Um, and also nothing really connected, which uh, was good because some of the, it, there was also a Maryland player throwing punches. Um, I think Chucky Hepburn, I, I suspect will get. I think it was a Wisconsin player. Um I think yeah. uh, hopefully there weren't any Maryland players throwing punches. Oh yeah. So that would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would have been quite something, but yeah, I, I think that tells you that it is time for us to move along with the discussion. Now that I am uh, getting these two incidents mixed up in my head because uh, boy, it's been a long couple of days. Uh, we are as always brought to you uh, by our wonderful friends at home field apparel Use the promo code bucket problem for 15% off your first order from homefieldapparel.com where you can find uh, the best, softest, uh, most ridiculously mascotty um, licensed collegiate apparel out there. Uh, season three of Big New Saturday is basketball themed. Um, it, it seems like this has been specifically picked to 
just be violence against us. Illinois was last weekend's release. And coming up next is Villanova. Um, so uh, thanks a lot, Homefield Connor. We we really we're we're loving the lineup, and uh, we're saying that seriously, and uh, we're definitely not being sarcastic about it, and we're 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 totally participating in this and not uh, stewing in anger um, over in the corner. Thank you. Uh, but for real, uh, there are actually some pretty dope uh, Illinois shirts. Even I may have like, bought one. Um, because uh, the Rose Bowl one was pretty cool. And it's also just kind of funny to think about Illinois in a Rose Bowl. Uh, we are also sponsored by PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app and use the promo code BUCKETPROB to get 100% of your deposit matched up to $1,000 in the form of free bets. To get that bonus, you must use the promo code BUCKETPROB. That is Bucket, P-R-O-B, all one word. Please gamble responsibly, set limits, avoid chasing losses, never bet when you can't afford to lose, take breaks when you need it, and use the self-exclusive feature to talk, stop yourself from betting. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dan, I believe by, uh, um, my segue before uh, the ad read uh, brought this tweet into existence. <laughs> yep. Uh, so as is uh, tradition at this point, uh, news is breaking as soon as we finish talking about something. Um, uh, Dan Wetzel is reporting that Michigan will suspend uh, men's basketball coach Juwan Howard for the rest of the regular season. Uh, Sorts tells Yahoo Sports. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that that's that's fair. Um, I don't see. Uh, I mean, you know, honestly, ho- hopefully he'll get to coach in the NCAA tournament. You know, so depending on how the team does. Um, but you know, absolute like that, absolutely fair. Um, I, I can't argue with that at all. Um, I, I think that, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's what should be expected. Um, and you know, um, probably good to, you know, take some time away and, uh, and at least, you know, have that time to like reflect on what happened, I guess, but we'll see what happens in terms of player suspensions. Yeah. Um, this means that Howard will miss at least the, the final five games of the regular season. Um, so that's not going to make things easier uh, as we <laughs> move into uh, the next subject, which is Michigan's tournament chances, um, which are looking relatively good at the moment. Um, they're an 11 seed on the bracket matrix and ahead of the last four in, notably um, among at-larges. Uh, Bart Torvik's site uh, has them projected as a nine seed uh, with somewhere around an 80 to 87% chance to get in. Although um, we'll see. I, I don't, I don't think it's quite that high, especially since his numbers also have Rutgers as the sixth team out. And I have seen a number of brackets with, with Rutgers ahead of it. Rutgers is one of the weirdest possible uh, attorney resumes <laughs> you could possibly put together because they have some terrible losses and some amazing wins. Um, but yeah, I think there's a little bit more uncertainty than the what eighty to eighty-seven percent. Yeah, that um, seems just wrong, like smell test wise. Doesn't yes. feel right. Um, um, sorry, keep going though. <laughs> yeah, because Michigan, I mean, they need, I would say, at least three wins over the rest of the regular season to feel good about their tournament chances. Really, four wins uh, if they don't want to have to do a little work in the Big Ten tournament, and they're scheduled the rest of the way. They host Rutgers on Wednesday, um, and Rutgers has been just a giant killer of late. Uh, as we just mentioned, they just keep racking up quality wins um, and will also lose to apparently just about anybody. Uh, and then Michigan has three straight at home, but they're Illinois, Michigan State, and Iowa, so none of those are easy outs. Those are all relative coin flips. Um, and then the season finale, finale is at Ohio State, a game that Michigan is not projected to win. Uh, so, I, I mean, they're without their head coach now. I, I would guess that Saudi Washington is the guy who takes over. Uh, he's usually been the interim head coach option. Um, but uh, was it was it Phil Martelli last year when – this is a genuine question. I don't remember. For the second half of that Maryland game, was it Phil Martelli or Saudi Washington? Genuinely cannot remember. Yeah, um, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, probably going to be one of those two guys. Um, and uh, yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't know how much. I mean, coaching is difficult enough to peg down as is. Uh, I have no idea what the impact is going to be of not having Juwan Howard physically on the sideline 
uh, for Michigan's five final regular season games. I doubt it helps. Um, it'll also not help to, I mean, we, we still have not seen uh, any possible suspension dues about the players. So, um, and I, I have to imagine that uh, there's going to be some discipline for them. Um, we'll also see, I mean, Michigan has announced this suspension very quickly, um, given that uh, we were told the Big Ten was going to release suspension and then it came from Michigan. Uh, we still haven't seen anything from the Big Ten. Um, I don't know if there's going to be any additional pot- punishment on top of that. Uh, the last five games of the regular season kind of feels like the bare minimum. Um, and uh, well, we'll also see what happens in terms of Diabate and Williams being available. If you don't have both of those guys, then you're working with a very thin, very thin front. I mean, you're, you're into Jaron Fald's territory at that point um, and might already be just without uh, Diabate up front. So um, I guess a team like Rutgers that likes to, you know, overwhelm you with defense and, uh, you know, just kind of hustle. Um, that would have been a great game to have Diabate for. I don't imagine he's going to be there for it. Um, so I, I think this is a team that is probably uh, flirting a little bit more with the bubble than uh, um, some of the uh, projection algorithms say. Uh, so I don't know. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this just feels like, um, you know, the, the, the good news is pretty much any win that they get from this point on um, is going to be a quality win, right? They're all Q1, I think, um, yeah. unless Rutgers, unless I'm wrong about Rutgers. Um, so I think the way you look at it is must win on Wednesday against Rutgers pretty much like that's your best shot for win the rest of the way. And you kind of got to do it. Um, I think Rutgers is probably playing better than Michigan right now. Um, although they did kind of get, they kind of got beat down by Purdue a little bit, but they're, they're dead. They're legitimately pretty good. They've been playing pretty consistently. Um, and then, you know, like, you know, yeah, like you said, three of five, right. Um, Michigan state seems more and more gettable, um, you know, that they obviously are going to get Iowa at home. They already beat them on the road. Um, any of the games they could win, you know, it just, I think that it, 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 the biggest, the biggest question is just like, do they have Musa? Do they have, um, you know, do they have, uh, uh, Terrence, Terrence Williams like this? Yeah. Sorry. This has just been like, you know, it's, it's, it's a thin team and you really needed ever all the pieces working in tandem and now you might not get it. And, um, that's, that's kind of the other disappointing part about the whole thing is like, just from a totally cynical standpoint, um, really, really materially hurt the, the tournament chances for this team by, you know, Juwan Howard doing what he did, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, yeah, and this is also something that we have to see, you know, how the players sort of, do they band together in the absence of their coach? Uh, do they not do that <laughs> um, and and finish flat? Because, it's you know, finishing flat might have been a possibility in the first place, and then suddenly you have an incident like this. And, I mean, it, it could go any number of ways. I'm not going to try to psychoanalyze a group of 13 college students that, that feels fruitless. Um, but it does, you know, it's one of those things that's going to be difficult to predict. And this just throws things into more flux than they obviously had been before the Wisconsin game. And we'll, we'll see. I mean, um, there were still some encouraging signs, you know, if Michigan, as we talked about, if Michigan shoots remotely well in that Wisconsin game, they're right in it. Um, Unfortunately, it has also not been uncommon for Michigan to shoot very poorly. Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel like we can't say we can't. I mean, this is more like basketball anal- analysis, but like they, we can't really say like, oh, if they just shot, you know, anymore. Like, look, there are two mich- There are two kinds of Michigan. I think I saw a stat that Michigan is not shot. They have not shot above twenty five percent, but below forty percent in any game. So they either they literally either shoot over forty percent or below twenty five percent. Um, and the below 25% is a lot more common. So like, it's kind of hard to say like, Oh, if they just shoot, it's like, well, you know, they kind of suck at shooting. So that's sort of what we should expect unless like, you know, they make the first three threes and we know it's that kind of game where they're going to be on fire, but you know. Yeah. And they're not playing a defense. Like, I mean, I guess they get Iowa one more time. So that's always something, but, uh, everybody <laughs> yeah. else is not exactly a defense that, uh, 
you know, permits you to get scorching hot from beyond the arc without really working for it. Um, and I don't know if you could necessarily say that about Purdue. Purdue has a pretty crappy defense considering how uh, generally good of a basketball team they are. Um, but Ohio uh, State, I guess, is theoretically, but, you know, we saw that and it, uh, in, in Ann Arbor and it was not tremendous. But, yeah, no, agree. <laughs> it's going to yeah. be tough. It's going to be a grind. They're going to have to fight for it. Um, yeah. Um, speaking of grinds, uh, women's basketball is going to, uh, it's going to be an exceptionally exciting finish, uh, in the big 10, uh, because Michigan, uh, for the second time this year blew out Maryland, um, that happened in the immediate aftermath of the Michigan, Wisconsin men's game yesterday. Uh, Michigan has done that now for their, um, this was their four straight game without Leah Brown, who sprained her ankle at the end of the Indiana game. So this this had a degree of difficulty that was not present uh, in the first game against the Terps. Michigan now controls their own destiny in the Big Ten. Um, they close with Michigan State and Iowa. Those are not particularly easy games. Michigan State has already beaten Michigan once uh, in a little bit of an upset, uh, but they are fighting for their spot on the bubble. Um, and they are um, sort of like Michigan's men's team, a, a, a team that can beat anybody and also lose to anybody, uh, depending on how they're feeling. Uh, what side of the side of the bed they rolled out of that morning. It's, it's, I don't know. Um, but Ohio state um, will have one more game played than Michigan by the end of the season. And they close with Penn state and Michigan state uh, replacing Iowa with Penn state makes things a lot easier on the Buckeyes. So uh, Michigan probably going to need to win both of these last two games unless Michigan state can upset Ohio state on the final day of the regular season, Michigan has to go to Iowa that same day. That's going to be a tough game because Iowa is now uh, back at full strength with McKenna Warnock back in the lineup. They were shorthanded against Michigan. So if Michigan doesn't get Leah Brown back, uh, that game is going to be very tough. And uh, Brown's timeline, I haven't seen anything on it, but it is kind of nebulous right now. Um, Michigan did finally have a great defensive performance against Maryland. They were phenomenal at shutting, shutting the Terrapins down. I thought Emily Kaiser in particular uh, did just a fantastic job in the paint um, and was also uh, meshing well with Nas Hillman, as they usually do on the offensive end. Hillman had a phenomenal game. Um, but without Leah Brown, this offense has had four straight games where they've committed uh, just an absolute crap ton of turnovers. And they, I, I, I think, to feel good about their chances of closing out this big 10 title run and uh, feel good about their chances of kind of replicating last year's postseason. They need Leah Brown back running this offense. Um, the good news is they're holding on to a two seed in ESPN's bracketology. And that was before the Maryland game. So there seems like a pretty good likelihood that Michigan will be hosting uh, the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. It'd be nice to not have to travel. It'd be nice to have a home crowd. Um, so we'll see. Um, there's still a chance that they get a big 10 title. If they split these last two games, it just gets a lot more complicated and uh, involves a much higher likelihood of a split title. Although I think Michigan would absolutely take it considering this would be their first big 10 title of any sort in women's basketball. Um, so it's uh, disappointing that it took us this long to, get to talking about it but things look extremely good for the women's basketball team and uh yeah they're they're heading into an absolutely huge week and actually have a little bit of time to rest before they play uh michigan state on thursday at six um so by that point i believe we'll have learned more about the uh fallout from the end of the wisconsin game on the men's side of things uh the Detroit Free Press's David Jesse uh, has corroborated Dan Wetzel's report um, and also says that more is coming on fines and other suspensions later tonight. Uh, so unfortunately, we're not going to get to that because uh, we're done recording and have dinners to eat. Um, but uh, um, yeah, um, anything else before we uh, mosey on out of here, Dan? Um, women's basketball team is really good. Uh, and, uh, they, um, yeah, no, I'm excited to watch the last two games here. They're the only team in the big 10 that controls their own destiny. Um, get to revenge against Michigan state. 
win the first Big Ten title, you know, in the program's history. Uh, that's awesome. Um, hockey team also has a has a, controls their own destiny and uh, yes. needs to sweep Notre Dame this weekend. Um, you know, also a complicated thing to root for right now, but they're really, really good and fun to watch. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I had the Ohio State <laughs> series on. I, I was watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I did too. Um, I'm I'm not above it. Um, but yeah, they uh, they they play for a Big Ten title as well this weekend. So you know, there's things to look forward to. Um, but anyway, yeah, no. Um, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on, Ace, for talking through it. And um, I'm not sure why I said thanks for having you on. This is you know I'm a co-host on this podcast, but you know, <laughs> overall, it's a tough conversation. Hopefully, we don't have to have too many more tough conversations. It feels like we have way too many um, what podcasts like. sometimes. Yeah, like, <laughs> so it would be great to just like not, it would be great to just have be a normal sports podcast. Yes. Um, Hopefully we, we Cause we also back. suck at talking about this generally. It's, it's hard. It's, this is, we really just need to get back to the sports stuff. We're, we're yeah, bad. We need to stick to sports. We need to stick to sports. And now right. uh, spring practice started today. Uh, oh, we're not going to yeah. talk about it because it's terrifying. <laughs> that, 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 well, why don't we get into happening. a JJ versus K debate, right? now oh let's do just... it let's do <laughs> yeah. it uh no no we're gonna we're gonna spare you that um thank you everybody for listening follow at bucket problem on twitter go to www.thebucketproblem.com and subscribe to the newsletter and the bonus podcast i imagine i'm going to be doing an audio mailbag this week uh please rate review and subscribe to this podcast uh we we, we could definitely use some uh five-star reviews there are still some uh one-star reviews dragging us down from people who definitely didn't listen um, use the promo code bucket prob at homefieldapparel.com and the promo code bucket prob on the points bet app. Thank you very much for listening and have a good week.